Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm still waiting on the sequel to this. Seriously, like, what happened? Left it on a cliffhanger, I, I don't get it. Guys, wh where are you going? I thought we were going to talk about Godzilla from 1998. And all the sequels that spawned, because we talk about franchises. <laughs> Driving guys, away sounds, driving away sounds. Guys, where are you going? Hello, can I? Hey, can you guys let me back in the podcast? I I, I got to do my intro. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. The door was open. It's me, Britain. Ah, canned laughter. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Quite a bit. Um, we're talking about 1998 Godzilla. It was probably funnier to us than it was to you. So Godzilla from 1998, directed by Roland Emmerich, has a 15% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 28% audience score. Speaking of things liked more by the creators than the audience. Um... <laughs> Roland Emmerich yeah. is like, I don't get why... Like, he must have some very strong connections. He has made... I was looking through his, his IMDb, though. He did make some movies... Like, Independence Day was a huge hit, regardless guess, of reception. And, like, yeah. Day After Tomorrow was was pretty big. And The Patriot, I think, might be his most well-received movie to date. That sounds, sounds right. right. That, like, which is where people would go... And I, I imagine he's someone that, regardless of the quality of his movies, they tend to make money. Yeah, I was going to say, right after I said that, I realized that, like... 2012 probably was popular because it really I'm sure it made a lot of money. I, I think that. Yeah. Oh no, I'm thinking of 10,000 BC. That was not yeah, of the other dumb movie oh, that, that has a, a yeah. year for the but title. I guess when you tend to go very big, uh, mm -hmm. then you know even if you swing and miss, a lot of the times you'll still get people. It's probably a very Michael Bay ish Michael yeah. Bay ish effect where you kind of. Uh, you just put it all out there on the screen. You have some questionable effects. Uh, they're they're just real, real big movie effects, and yeah. uh, hope for the best. And then sometimes there's profit. So you know. And, and I will say he he makes a kind of movie that you don't see as much now, but it was big in the nineties mm -hmm. where like these just I mean huge set piece blockbuster movies. They're like he and Michael Bay. And Bruckheimer produced, he didn't really direct mm -hmm. them, but like those guys, that was just what they made. And there, there's an appeal to that idea. This like, I'm going to a movie, this big blockbuster yep. popcorn, famous faces, and there's jokes, and it's just these huge effects. But I, and I've really seen that many Michael Bay movies. And, and right now that is largely held by superhero movies. That's kind of what's mm -hmm. filling that, that uh, uh, role right now. But that in uh, that in Dwayne Johnson, um, yeah, true, very true. <laughs> um, and uh, and I think with Emmerich, he has an interesting thing where he doesn't cast a bunch of generic action stars like yeah. this. It's all comedy guys and character actors, like which is a pretty cool approach to a movie like this. That I'm not watching a scientist played by like Jason Statham or something. Yeah. Not that I wouldn't want to watch that movie. <laughs> sure, but yeah, there. It, 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 I, and I don't know if I've seen, I've probably seen more of his movies than I realized going into this. I, as, as I was looking up his filmography, I was like, oh, he, he did that. Yeah. Um, 
but it it is very much a, a we we need the entire cast to feel like an everyman like we we want right. it to be oh it's a disaster movie but it's it's happening to normal people right uh just like you and me so well it's like i didn't realize i, I his most recent movie was midway which mm-hmm. i uh because I, I i realized like i aside from independence or urgent i didn't know he had other stuff but yeah midway which i guess did fine he made that stonewall movie which the less said about that the better sure and he made white house down mm-hmm. um <laughs> which i know was a big hit so like he he was he was a real hit maker and this movie was like i i i didn't see it for years despite being a big godzilla fan growing up um yes that's right we're starting a new franchise it's big monsters i love it oh yeah um i guess we haven't clarified that yeah welcome (laughs) to uh my my dreamscape um but the when i was growing up like i remember so clearly when this movie was about to be released because the marketing was everywhere it was like the last time i really remember this huge push with like taco bell had like tons of godzilla like printed on everything they sold and there were apparently ads in new york it was like his foot's bigger than a bus. Like, I mean, it was this massive, mm-hmm. massive thing. And they tried to create this air of mystery around what Godzilla looks like. Kind of like the movie. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> where you never really get a clear picture of him. But it was, it, it was just this huge, huge thing. And I didn't see it until several years ago when Riff Tracks was doing a live streamed riff of this movie. And my family and I went to go see it, and it was tons of fun, but I didn't remember anything about the movie. And so when I rewatched it the other night, I was like, oh, this is why I didn't remember anything about the movie. <laughs> oh, boy. For a, for a two-and-a-half-hour movie, there's not a lot of m- movie to remember? <laughs> Surprisingly not, considering what you would what what the marketing of this movie promised, and just what the premise of it promises. It's Yeah, you do not get your your, your expectations met. Uh, for yeah. Godzilla '98. So a, a couple things to establish. Yes, we are are starting our our Godzilla slash King Kong mm-hmm. uh, franchise discussion uh, leading up to Kong versus Godzilla. Um, but we're we're doing it a little little different. Um, we're starting off with kind of the the more modern American takes on well, especially Godzilla. But the more modern attempts to, at these franchises, and then uh, when we're done, we'll return back to some of the originals. Um, Which yeah, is we're, we're, in, entirely for scheduling purposes, so we can watch Godzilla vs. Kong before yeah. it disappears. Yeah, and we're not going to go through... Th- there's like 30 Godzilla movies. We're not going to do all the Godzilla verses. Uh, even I don't <laughs> have that <laughs> in me. Um, we're going to be hitting the new stuff, the original Gojira, and uh, we're, we're not going to do like Godzilla versus Megalon and the smog monster, Hedorah, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, because there's only so much I can ask these two to go through. <laughs> and even I don't want to go through some of those. Uh, but speaking of going through stuff, um, who wants to go f- through with their best and worst? I can, I can go, probably, maybe. Um, I'll start with my worst thing, because I don't actually have a best thing. I just want to talk about my worst thing. <laughs> Um, my worst thing to the point of that entire preamble conversation we just had is that this movie uh, feels very similar to the story of a theme park ride (laughs) you know a a Universal Studios (laughs) style theme park ride Um, 
Hey, you want to talk about George Melies over there, Scorsese? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is a, I don't know if it's still there. I know at one point Universal Studios had a, I think it actually starred Dwayne Johnson, uh, but it had a uh, theme park ride called Disaster, the R- Disaster Movie, The Ride, or something mm. like that, where the idea is that you're going along and you're, the audience is participating in them filming, quote unquote, a disaster movie, and then you get on at the end and there's like a tram sequence and they play the clips that were taken uh, on the tram so you can see the the movie trailer or whatever it is um and this movie really really feels like a movie that was like made up for something like that um (laughs) and there's not many redeeming qualities to make you interested in what's you know that it's it's not spectacular looking because the effects are all quite bad, um, yeah. and yeah, the, none of the characters feel compelling. And I'm I'm covering a lot of things with this one point, but basically, it does not feel like I'm watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, to go along with your Scorsese joke, Britain. Roland Emmerich is is another uh, famous Hollywood celeb who has uh, openly bashed Marvel movies. So. <laughs> um, okay. Scorsese's <laughs> so like, yeah, I just don't like Marvel movies very much. And then Roland Emmerich's over here, like, yeah, I agree, Scorsese. He's like, well, hold on. <laughs> I'm not... mean, well, actually, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, uh, Martin, uh, I heard that at one point you, uh, Roland wanted you to help uh, sort of co-direct or, or advise on Independence Day Resurgence. Why did you not do that? Well, it just wasn't really the kind of movie I wanted to make at the time. <laughs> See, I was going to throw the criticism that Emmerich's trying so hard to be Spielberg with this movie mm. and with a lot of his movies. No, I was wrong. He's trying to be Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is about New York. That's <laughs> true. And there's that shot where Godzilla's walk, where he just takes you all through Godzilla in the kitchen, and they're playing whatever <laughs> kind of song. We were all there. Godzilla, Rodan, Kamakaris, Kumanga, Hedora. See, Godzilla Hedora. had this really nice way of cutting the fish when he would cut, catch one. He would do it with his teeth, finally. It would chip <laughs> right away. No bone in the meat. So that way, when he's feeding it to his baby, it was perfect system. What you don't realize is this whole movie, those helicopters chasing Godzilla, maybe they weren't even there. They might have just been Godzilla's <laughs> paranoia. I'm not saying that Joe Pesci should not have been the lead in this. Oh, boy. But I'm totally saying that Joe <laughs> Pesci should have played Totopolis in this that movie. would have been really good, actually. <laughs> same dialogue, same everything, but with Joe Pesci. <laughs> speaking oh, really speaking of Totopolis, an additional thing to add to this is that uh, it has the humor of a theme park ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the and jokes that it's really bad. The jokes consist of making fun of the main character's name being Totopolis. Sure, which like, apparently and, and, pe- and people keep overcomplicating it, like yeah, Mister Sapatopoulos. He's like, well, Totopolis. One of the crew who made the movie, his last name is Totopolis. I can't remember who who's who that is or what the they did on the set but i remember seeing what? that in the, in that opening did, credits sequence did they consult with the scientist who lived through these events that, <laughs> <that came> from? <laughs> yeah this was based on an article right it's like nomadland 
<laughs> I think it was the production Article. designer was named Tatopoulos. Sure. Um, yeah, is this this weird, like, is this anti-Greek? What is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, because there's, there's, I think the French uh, Secret Service do it a couple of times. And I'm like, shouldn't yeah. you, shouldn't you be fairly a yeah. cultured and b you're like you're pretty close in proximity to Greece, right. <laughs> guys? <laughs> how 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 did we miss this? Patrick Tatopoulos is a Greek French production designer and director. His work has appeared in all sorts of films, like the Riddick movies, mm-hmm. the Underworld movies. Mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Actually, wow. all, all three DC Snyder movies, DCEU Snyder movies. Um, Perfect. I don't know how we missed that. Apparently, the reason the character's name is Nick Tatopoulos is because his daughter's name is Nico Tatopoulos. So, sure. That's <laughs> well. That's his name is Nico Tatopoulos in the movie, and they just call him Nick. Sure. Well, there you go. There's the answer. Um, well, this means we have to do the Riddick and Underworld movies then. Correct. And we gotta, Stuart we gotta get the Little. Filmography. And Stuart Little. All right. There's our <laughs> there's our Halloween episode. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Scariest movie I've ever seen. Um, Look, remember when I said last time we were, we were letting Snyder go and we would never talk about him again? What did this take? Less than 15 minutes of the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, Man, I can't wait to watch uh, the Underworld movies and go, you know, it's got that Tatopolis touch. <laughs> Just that little <laughs> Tatopa touch. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if I have a best thing. I'd probably just default to Matthew Broderick because he shows signs of life in this movie and nothing else mm-hmm. does. Um, So I guess I'll say him. It's not like, I mean, he's he's fine. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's been better in stuff but you know yeah. uh, other things he, he brings like. some personality to his character and the movie so yeah i agree um I, i'm gonna dive in here alex if that's okay sure i my like godzilla thing, diving into exactly. <laughs> the waters around new york yep and the subway apparently yeah i uh my best thing about this movie is going to be the puppet effects for the baby godzillas they are not used enough but when they're used i think they look really good um i i love a good practical effect and i i like that they occasionally chose to do that and i also understand it's the the cgi in this movie is a tough one because it was made in 98 and so of course it's dated mm-hmm. I, I really do understand that but at the same time there are other movies like this movie, which we'll talk about, wants to be Jurassic Park so bad, and that movie used CGI, not not as liberally, but much more effectively five years prior to this. So like, and the amount of money that must have gone into this movie, like, I I really don't want to like, I don't want to, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm laughing at the 19th century for not having cars. You know what I mean? I I. I I get that technology was limited, but also it doesn't it doesn't look good. It, it, the effects are are <laughs> pretty bad, but I think the practical effects work really nicely with the baby Godzillas. And as far as the worst thing, I mean, it's just just like the the movie, and it's I don't know. It, I'm 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 glad that we started with this one because I don't have that like I've seen like Godzilla movies and I love them, but 
I'm glad I didn't watch this after having watched a Godzilla movie I really like. I'm glad we're kind of starting here. Um, I guess I'm just going to go with the very immature digs at Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. Um, yeah. So to set the stage here, the mayor of New York is called Mayor Ebert, and it's uh, character actor Michael Lerner, great, great actor. And they've given him like a Roger Ebert hairstyle. He's got the big glasses. He cut, he's, all of his campaign posters have him doing a thumbs up and he comes out, he's doing a lot of thumbs up, but it's all, everything with him, he's super bumbling and it's all fat jokes. He's constantly eating candy and he has his like assistant whose name is Gene, who's a balding man like Gene Siskel. And it's just all of these really petty pointed barbs that is credit. Cause I guess they had given a poor response to like independence day or something. Yeah, I'm that's hundred <laughs> percent. it. <laughs> and it's like, I, I feel like, I don't know, I understand if you're an artist and feel like a critic has been unfair to your work, being upset about that. I totally get it. Um, but like, this movie goes so far with it. I'm like, at this mm-hmm. point, you're, like, you're, you're, I don't even know that you're being offensive. You're just being mean. Like, <laughs> I'm offended by your mentality more than what you're actually doing. Well, I, I would like to throw in the counter argument. It doesn't go far enough with it. Mm. And... Siskel and Ebert actually made this point when they were reviewing this and they didn't like this either, of course, but they're like, if you're going to like, if you have like a beef with us and you put us in your movie as like satirical characters and you're making fun of us, have Godzilla kill us in some crazy way. Like have something happen aside from we're just there. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. Uh, (laughs) I think Ebert would be genuinely honored to be killed by Godzilla in a movie, though. <laughs> Having read a review of one of his or one of his reviews of um, Gamera, uh, which is delightful. But yeah, um, I don't know. That just felt kind of like re- really roll it really. <laughs> a- anytime, Ratatouille, a- a- this is not. <laughs> yeah. A- anytime a big director tries to either satirize like film criticism or, or like they, they seem like very antagonistic towards film critics. Like it never works. Like yeah. between this and I'm thinking of a lady in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. the M night Shyamalan movie has like a, a critic character who's like supposed to be completely despicable and they end up getting killed. Um, or even just like Kevin Smith after the response to cop out, how he kind of was just very reactionary to critics. And he was like, I don't, I don't make movies for critics. I don't want them watching any of my films. And it's like, well, they're the reason you got popular in the first place. Like, kind of a cop-out, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's never been done before. But yeah, it's it's just super petty and immature. I, yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah, it was just like weird. But I'll, yeah, it was it was bonkers. Um, yeah, Alex, what are yours? To, real quick, uh, to be clear, Britain, because I just want to circle back to a point you made. Um, I am making fun of the 18th century for not having cars. Uh, <laughs> they're quite silly. How dare Stupid you not, knucklehead. not be able to, you know, go more than a couple miles without, you know, having to let let the horses off the, the hook to do their bodily functions and like just a whole thing. Get some cars, guys. Come on. Amateur hour. <laughs> You got, you got wheels, you got oil. Just put them together. Figure put them it together, out. man. You got yourself a you got <laughs> yourself a tasty engine. You know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so for any of our our uh, uh, time hopping 18th century listeners, you got burned. 
<laughs> Much like the fossil fuels you could use to make cars, idiots. <laughs> we gotta get that climate change started early, dang it. <laughs> Come on, guys. Think how <laughs> far we could be. We could all be half alien up. right now. <laughs> we could have adapted weird gills. <laughs> What's gonna happen, right? That's what climate change is leading to? Yeah, I think so. Alex, I'm buying time for you to think of a best and worst thing. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I, I'd I would rather listen to this than than continue to talk about this movie. So it's completely fine. Um, I guess I'll I'll just start with briefly with my my history with Roland Emmerich movies. I've only seen a couple of them. Um, I, I've seen Independence Day, and then I saw Day After Tomorrow in theaters, and haven't seen it since. Um, I I know Roland Emmerich more, almost as like a meme, just because like internet film culture always makes fun of him and like the red letter media guys do not like him at all. So that's kind of where I'm coming at this. Um, so I, I don't really have a whole lot of experience with Roland Emmerich films at large, aside from the couple that I, I mentioned. And then also um, aside from the 2014 Godzilla, this is the only other one that I've seen um, at this point. Uh, so Britain, it'll be interesting kind of picking your brain throughout this just because I, 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 Based on my awareness, this is like a complete abomination of of like Godzilla lore and just treatment of of him and and respecting uh, Toho and and kind of everything yeah. that Godzilla means. Um, yeah, I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's where I'm coming at this from. Um, my best thing, I was it, it was tough to come up <laughs> with something. I had to watch this in three different settings, and it it, it wasn't the type of thing where I'm tired. I, I'll come back to it. And no, it was like, this is like a chore to get through. Um, yeah. Uh, my I best thing is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Fin finish this, and then we can discuss uh, how it ranks up with some other <laughs> very slow sure. movies we've watched. <laughs> um, my best thing is going to be some of these special effects. Because <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. I was like, like you said, some of the animatronic baby Godzillas were, were kind of neat. Yeah. Some of the miniatures of like the, when the city's getting destroyed and buildings are collapsing. Some of that was neat when you were taking out the gaudy Godzilla design and uh, uh, the the dumb CG helicopters. Uh, some of it actually looked looked pretty neat. Um, so that's that's all I got. Otherwise, I hated the movie. Um, <laughs> my worst thing is going to be just how stupid the plot is. Like. I'm just imagining the poster and instead of Godzilla it just says stupid. Like that's what this movie is to me. Like I, I every few minutes I was like, why did they do that? Wait, what was that? Why is that in this movie? Like I was con I was constantly just having those those um thoughts in my brain of just like this is so dumb. And and it's just like Godzilla's somehow able to hide in the city in New York City. And yeah. the military can't keep track of it. Like, there were so many leaps in logic, and it just felt like Roland Emmerich just had an idea of a movie that he knew only he wanted to make, and like nobody else cared. Um, I it's just a very strange. Like, I don't know. I don't understand why he made this movie. Like, I don't really get it. Aside yeah. from he's jealous of Spielberg's success with Jurassic Park or something, and. This was actually kind of giving me serious, like, Lost World vibes, mm -hmm. um, particularly time. with the the double ending that is completely superfluous this, and should not be in the movie. This feels like the, the continuation of Lost World <clears throat> yeah. with the, like, if the T-Rex 
had managed to continue roaming the civilization or whatever. Which yeah, I yeah. guess will also be uh, a thing we get in the next Jurassic World movie, whatever that's called. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dynasty. Well, but I mean, Dynasty? literally, right? Dynasty. Okay, that they're not brave enough, but that would be <laughs> they're good. They're not. That's true. Because um, then the critics could be yeah. like, <clears throat> more like Dino Sty, like a, like a pig sty. <laughs> more like Dino Stymied. What? <laughs> um, I. I, I I do agree. I mean, right down to where the T-Rex can apparently snip the captain right off the helm of that boat. Mm-hmm. This Godzilla can get underground without us knowing it. And yeah. the whole baby Godzilla thing is 100% a Velociraptor. Yeah. It's a Velociripoff. Like, the whole thing is just... <laughs> it's what? so... And I, I don't mind inspiration. I don't mind that stuff. But when it's... You are so badly ripping off a bad sequel to a great movie. It's like, there's so many... It, it seemed it seemed to me like like Roland Emmerich was just approaching it as like I want to make my own Jurassic Park. Let me just steal this intellectual property and just like mutilate it in, into what I want. That, that's what yeah. it came off as to me. It was the, the whole thing just seemed like a very cynical enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is interesting. Sorry, do you have anything else in your best and worst? No, that's it. The movie's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> stupid but i like the miniatures and i mean i mean i hate i hate to be like that because it's like clearly a lot of work and effort went right. into the movie but but it's just like the script like this is one of the dumbest stories that we have come across in in the the 200 plus episodes we've done of this podcast this is one of the dumbest plots <clears throat> yeah i i <laughs> You're right. I'm, I'm just thinking back to some of the other contenders for that title. Well, that's. I, <laughs> I was trying to remember what movie I last had the same feeling of just, oh, oh, geez, I have to finish this. Like I'm sitting here and I have to process it and I have to yeah. like pay enough attention to understand what's happening. I don't know what it was. I know I've had this feeling before. Um, but yeah, it was it was rough. I spent m- much of the movie updating the uh, Here Come the Sequels composer list. Because I noticed this was the the score was made by David Arnold, and I did not like it very much. Huh. Um, and David Arnold oh, yeah. did uh, some of the James Bond films. And yep, and he's, no, he's else. a very good composer. I love it. I love his James Bond work. His Independence mm-hmm. Day score is is very very good as well. But yeah, this this feels like, like I said, Roland Emmerich feels like <laughs> he's the only one that wants to be making this movie. It's Godzilla is such an interesting thing to. I, we we talk about this a lot, I think, on this show, or we have talked about it before in terms of rebooting a character. And about, we talked about that recently with Superman. Obviously, we've talked about it with Batman a lot. But even just down to, you know, Crystal Skull versus the other Indiana Jones movies, like this is one of is endemic in this podcast that we talk about how characters get reimagined over time. The thing about Godzilla is, you know, when he started out, it was an allegorical film about the the bombings the 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 bombings of japan during world war ii like that that's what godzilla was when it was first released very quickly it turned into just kaiju destruction movies which is fine i have no problem with that and so it's it's interesting to watch this and be like well it's not like they took this intellectual thing and then dumbed it down they just took a thing that's supposed to be dumb fun and then made it not fun. <laughs> like, yeah. 
because I at least in like the 2014 Godzilla and and King of the Monsters, I I can't swear by either of those movies being like profound and existential. But like I think they're good times, and those are movies that like Gareth uh, Edwards and I'm not sure who directed King of the Monsters. They clearly mm. understood like this is Michael. Is that Michael Doherty? Maybe it might be. Like they had an understanding of like the point of this is watching big monsters. It's it's about how big they are and about the destruction and the the awe of it. And this movie didn't seem to really understand what's Im- imposing about Godzilla or or what's potentially scary not literally scary but like haunting about him in a way and mm-hmm. like it's <clears throat> yeah the original Godzilla is is it's the con- the confrontation with nuclear warfare and ever since then it's like it's this massive thing that's out of our control and we're just sort of trying to reroute it you know because we can't stop this act of nature and and this is just like oh no he's a big lizard that we're gonna try to shoot a lot but also he's not even that big and he looks so bad like it's such a bad design for the monster like the head is so unwieldy and huge and well britain how, how familiar are you with the production of this one not okay because I, I i could be completely wrong on this i want to say toho when they were like selling the film rights for like an american version they said you cannot mess with the design of godzilla like that was one of their yeah <clears throat> rules and then when they realized that they had messed with the design they were too far along in production to change it that yeah i, I could be wrong on that but that is my understanding of how why godzilla looks like this it's basically roland emmerich going i want him to look like a t-rex okay and and you know, Godzilla is this big, unwieldy, chunky thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. he's not uh, that. That's part of this fun. But also, th- this is a Godzilla where he doesn't even have radioactive breath. He kind of does fire breath once or twice. Yeah. But I could never <laughs> tell if he was breathing fire or somehow making something explode and breathing the fire towards them. I don't know. Right. Which is a very uh, a point that's like a microcosm of something that happens a lot in this film where. It's hard to understand if this is supposed to be an impact moment. Because <laughs> yeah. that's that's a scene where he's he's breathing and a car explodes. And at first, my watching it, I, my first thought was, what, did, did that car just explode for no reason? And then I realized, right. oh, they're doing fire breath, maybe? Yeah. Uh, and there's just so many moments where it's impossible to tell if... It kind of goes along with the comedy, that the comedy is so uh half-hearted most of the time it's it's just very hard to tell when the movie wants you to feel something or wants you to laugh at something or anything it, it, it so much of the movie is is like walking on eggshells trying to figure out uh if there's going to be an actual attempt to have this be a big a big plot beat or even a fan servicey type beat versus just i don't know i shot it right. the the film it's such a weirdly filmed movie yes it is a movie that so so this is something we're gonna have to we're gonna confront this maybe in every movie in this franchise but (laughs) there's gonna be a lot of reveal shots right where we're going to get this thing of hey here's godzilla here's kong here's mothra or whatever and 
we're going to see a lot of them, probably, hopefully not to two varying of degrees. But I, I clearly remember the shot in 2014 where they fully go, all right, here he is. Here's Godzilla. And it's great. I mean, I remember really, really liking that part. This, there's no establishing shot of him in this movie. There's no like definitive, and here's Godzilla. You see his spines, and then he kind of lumbers clumsily into a frame, and then later you're like, okay, there he is, and then you just see his feet. Eventually you get them all in one frame, but there's never a, a definitive moment where like, this is the iconic, this is the shot where we finally show you Godzilla in this movie. And so you never really know that there's no awe, there's no attempt at it really in this movie. And there's no sort of majesty to what, to how huge this guy is, which is, I mean, I was glad that uh, Gareth Edwards directed, well, not to get off on a tangent for another episode, but like something I think he does really well is show scale. Mm -hmm. And I think he does that in Rogue One really nicely. And he does it in Godzilla really nicely. But this, there's just so much of like, how, how big is he? And what does he really look like? I don't just give me, give me a nice, clean, clear shot of, of my friend it's also you you mentioned the the sort of what i don't know what they're doing to toho the fact that somebody like a japanese survivor of a godzilla attack knows to call him gojira and then they know to translate that to godzilla which i don't think is i don't know if that's how that happened in real life that all feels really weird it it's weird because I, I, my guess is that originally the American version of the original film was like, oh, we need a cooler name than this because Gojira doesn't right. sound like something that we use in America. Oh, Godzilla, bi- big god lizard. Like, yeah, you know, we're I, already refilming it to have an American actor in the movie. I did not realize yeah. this. Gojira is from, is a combination of the words. And I, I don't know what the exact words are, but it's the Japanese words for, I think it was like whale and... Something else? I might have to look it up. Whalezilla. Got it. <laughs> Whalezilla. Um, oh, geez, now that's going to be God me. whale. Because I literally was just reading this instead of watching the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, my assumption is that was an American marketing thing. That was a... Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to change the name. Um, whereas in the movie, <laughs> she... the Our reporter lady character calls calls him Gojira because that's what the Japanese called it. And somehow her boss misinterprets that as Godzilla. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not, a, that's not how language changes work. Like it's yeah. a thing that could happen, but yeah, it would not happen like, from one person being like, Oh, Hey, I've completely just right. A just, real quick game of telephone. Yeah. Just like butchered his name. Yeah. It's such a strange element. <laughs> Britain, I, I had a question because I, once again, I, I've only seen two Godzilla movies now, so I'm not even sure how Godzilla is meant to be portrayed or, or you know, how they usually treat him. Mm-hmm. Is he, is he normally the antagonist? Is he an anti-hero? Um, like, gorilla how, unless, is the go- other word. Sorry to interrupt, which was really no, interesting was because King Kong, it's a combination of gorilla and whale or post That is cool. Um, you know, unless Mothra's there, Godzilla's the good guy, um, which is a problem I had with Mothra. No, it's, it's (laughs) Godzilla. I mean, because initially Godzilla was the antagonist, right? He was nuclear power. 
ever since then, he just kind of is... In the 2014 Godzilla, they have a nice twist on it where they say, he's neither good nor evil, he's balance. Right. He He's just there to keep things level. So sometimes yeah. that means helping us, sometimes that means hurting us. Eh, he's just kind of a big monster. Well, the, the reason I'm asking is... For most of this movie, they treat him as a villain. Yes, and and ultimately, in this movie, he is. And in the original Gojira, I believe he is as well. And I think it's only in, as the movies go on and you start getting like alien monsters showing up and other kaiju start appearing that are definitely evil, that they start going, we need to get Godzilla. And even then, not necessarily because Godzilla's like, hey, Amer- hey humans, I really like you. As Tracy Morgan famously said, I know Godzilla doesn't care what humans do. Um, and I think that Godzilla is just like, oh, you woke me up. Hey, there's another big guy being mean. I don't know. Beat him up. <laughs> like, right. he's just kind of, he just is, you know? Well, going along with kind of the movie's tone and, and not even understanding what we're supposed to get out of certain scenes, it, it's, it seemed like we were almost going for like he's a misunderstood monster mm-hmm. in this yeah. in a couple of places, but it was so bare bones and how it was approached. It's like Matthew Broderick has a couple of like moments where he longingly stares at Godzilla right. and kind of feels bad for him, but he never brings that up in dialogue afterwards. He's never like, maybe there's an alternate solution. Maybe we can kind of just steer him away. Maybe, maybe something can be done. Like, I, I was so confused about that, and, and that's why I was wondering, like, is this something else that, that Emmerich has butchered in terms sure. of how he's portrayed? Because I couldn't even tell how he which, was meant to be portrayed. Which is fascinating, because that cuts so close to King Kong, in terms of yeah. <laughs> King Kong being a, a monster that they've they've dragged away from his home, and, you know, they've right. made him do something he's he was never meant to do. Um, but yeah, especially Matthew Broderick's character makes that really unclear, because... He is uh, trying to be the animal expert because he knows worms and radioaction, <laughs> radioactivity. Um, and he's the one who says, oh, you know, we could try. The, the Godzilla is probably looking for or the lizard, I guess, is probably looking for uh, food. So we need to draw it out with bait or whatever. And And so he makes these arguments that are based on, oh, this is just a wild animal that we can't, you know, it does. It's yeah. not really necessarily in control. It's acting on instinct. But the, he never supplies the rest of that argument to be to say, oh, you know, the, he's such a beautiful creature, and you know, I'd, it's a shame we have to do this. He never even expresses remorse, other than through his expressions directly. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, when uh, spoilers, they kill Godzilla. Uh, <laughs> he looks at Godzilla for a second, and then he's like. All right, well, that's all the nuance we got today, and then he he tur- he just straight up turns around and never looks yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was so I was so confused. Like I, I I thought like, is this supposed to turn into like a humorous twist? He's going to turn around and say, "All right, everybody, time for burgers." Or <laughs> something, some, you know. I was like, I don't know what's going on. It's such a weird, and, and, and I think part of it is this is the only movie I think for a little while that we'll watch where there's only one monster. So then a lot of his movies, there's, like I said, there's another monster alien or something for Godzilla to fight. But in this right. one, there isn't a second monster. So then he has to fight humans. Mm-hmm. Which um, I think is a huge mistake. Yeah, which I don't think. Because there's a huge difference between 
humans having to face the reality of nuclear warfare or whatever and like when it is more about the human surviving this unknowable terror that's one thing but when you're like oh it's a big destruction movie and here's godzilla and maybe he's an animal or maybe he's not and then the military are going to fight him but also the american military is super bumbling in this um which is a very uh, the flophouse did an episode on this and pointed out how this is a very pre-9-11 movie and that like Uh they were comfortable enough being like yeah, the U.S. Mil- the U.S. military can be buffoons, and that's okay. And the, it's the French military that's super competent and great, um, <clears throat> which is which is just interesting to see to see that. Um, but also, they blow up the Chrysler building due to their own. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's also a Godzilla that can set traps. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Well, the traps are generally Godzilla. Waits for the last second and then moves out of the way. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, because the dodging is is the trap. Yes, I I did want to ask if this was supposed to be some kind of weird satire on like American culture and because you know the the military is treated like idiots. Most of our other human characters are like despicable people. Yeah, and like the only quote unquote likable people, I guess, would be Matthew Broderick, kind of, sure. and uh. Jean Reno and, and, and the French guys, because they're actually trying to solve the problem. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it's weird how Emmerich goes from this to the Patriot is all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I can't. I imagine that the, most of that was they were looking for jokes and sure. looking yeah. for like entertainment. Cause I don't think this I, I it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like a failed satire to me. It just feels like they failed to do humor. And so we're trying to wonder maybe if there was some other yeah. intention. Right. Um, Because, yeah, it's just it's just baffling. Um, You mentioned about not knowing how to make us feel. There's a moment in this movie. So I I also really didn't like the music because the music is so uh, uh, not lined up with what's happening in the movie. Uh We might Precisely. be we might be I might be thinking of the moment you're about to talk about. So go ahead. I'm curious. So, so, I, I I hope we're all thinking of the <laughs> same moment. So when so there's a one there, there's a couple of them. So we might not be, but there's a moment where, where our, our female lead Maria Patillo. We're thinking of the same mm-hmm. moment. She, she's <laughs> a she's the assistant to Harry Shearer, one of three Simpsons uh, voice actors in the movie, and she wants to be a reporter, and she's got to be this whole thing. Eventually, she gets a moment where she gets to be on TV, and she's oh, maybe not. She okay. uh, she turns to Matthew Broderick, who is getting to report the truth about Godzilla. And this is about at the end slash middle of the movie. <laughs> what should be the ending, but what is the, the We were approximately 45 minutes yeah. in to a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> and this and is it should have been have, the end. <laughs> this is after um, the baby Godzillas have hatched, which we've got to talk about Godzilla being able to reproduce asexually. But yep. we've got... <laughs> there's all the baby Godzillas, and Broderick is basically telling New York, hey... There are these baby Zillas, and we need to blow up Madison Square Garden. Billy Joel can't be allowed to do his <laughs> his dark work anymore. <laughs> but we have to blow up Madison Square Garden, and if we don't, these creatures are going to get out here, and they're going to look for food, and the the city is going to be lost to these lizards. It's a it's a moment of what's supposed to be, I think, great terror because he is. They're, they're cutting to all of these different people around the city, military bases, and neighbors and shopkeepers and the the news guy from Watchmen, like everybody is (laughs) seeing this, but the music they're playing is this like beautiful, hopeful, like, wow, she's a reporter now. They they did it. They took the music, the cue from, from um, the, 
Bill Pullman's like presidential speech yeah, from yeah. from Independence Day, where he's like, "We're gonna fight them and celebrate our Independence Day," and everybody starts cheering and whatever. They took yeah. that, and it's over a scene where it's constantly cutting to, "Oh, there's like swarms of little Godzillas that yeah. are gonna kill us all." It's this hopeful, gentle score that's supposed to feel so triumphant. But then everything he's saying is, we're doomed if we don't destroy this treasured New York landmark. And it was so, I genuinely, at that point, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling movie. Like, this is Destroy the landmark and kill the people inside who are trying to help save everyone. Um, Two thoughts. What was the moment y'all were thinking of? Two thoughts. Go ahead, good. Was that it? I was thinking of that moment. I have a different moment. First, First thought. I seen Godzilla go out on Broadway. Um, second thought, <laughs> I was thinking only the good die young would be playing as as the planes fly in and blow up the stadium. <laughs> and and Billy Joel is there, and he's just like, yeah, rocking to the God, the Godzilla babies. Um, the other, mo- the moment I thought you were talking about was also with the reporter lady, um, but it was at the beginning of the movie. She is trying to get like an assignment or something like that from her uh-huh. boss. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you come over to my uh, apartment, then we can talk about it. And she's like, but you're married. And like, that's that's awful. Like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, well, I guess you don't want the job. And the music <laughs> that plays after that is like this playful sort of I, I can't. It's hard to describe it. And it it almost makes sense knowing that this was this movie's 20 years old. Um, yeah. But it's still it's a very playful comedic line, like melody, yeah, trigger whatever. Um, and I, I was watching it and just, <laughs> I, I don't know if maybe nobody would have noticed that at the time, but uh, it's sure. it's rough now because I was like, that's that's not a, a funny, like silly thing to. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's a very it's a very un- like that's not cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. it's yeah, it was just shocking, like how how much the music did not it was it was almost like it was on purpose mm-hmm. <laughs> that it didn't line up at all um yeah talking of our, our our human characters it's it's an odd thing cuz i don't really know that anyone in the movie is necessarily bad um i actually kind of liked that uh our our female lead obviously she's also the love interest for Matthew Broderick but she that's really not her main storyline like it really is just her wanting to be a reporter and pursuing mm-hmm. her career and i kind of liked that i liked that that love story was was kind of tacked on the side that mostly she was going after her courage i thought was kind of cool um it's maybe offset by hank azaria's wife who just spends the whole time screaming as a new yorker uh-huh. uh hank azaria who plays a character whose name is animal <laughs> And who talks like this? Hey, Mo, hey! He's way over the, New Yorking it. The greatest tragedy in this movie is that at no point does somebody throw, like, a pizza box at Godzilla and say, Hey, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Hey! <laughs> and then, what are you talking about? That was Billy Joel up on top of the stadium. <laughs> Maybe there should have been a scene where when Godzilla falls, all the different, all the people on the subway, like, lift him up and, and carry him down. <laughs> this movie Look, would there, be... They're moving all the cranes so the Godzilla look, can destroy them more easily. Look look at him. He's he's just a kid. No older than my son. <laughs> They're talking about Godzilla. <laughs> yes. Um, um This movie would be I, so much better if the main lead was Billy Joel. <laughs> I don't I don't care if he can't act. <laughs> like, <it would> just... <laughs> yeah. 
Bill, Billy Joel and Joe Pesci. They're, they're <laughs> oh, man. Buddy, buddy cop movie. Um, I, I did want to comment briefly on, on the, the love romance subplot of the movie because I absolutely hated it. Um, mainly because they they paint the female character in like such a unlikable light that I the whole time I was just like, okay, I just don't like you. Because um, they talk about how Matthew Broderick's character, uh, they have a past, obviously. Also, they show pictures of them from like eight years ago. And I'm like, they look exactly the same. They haven't <laughs> aged today. Um, in, in fairness, Matthew Broderick looks very similar now. <laughs> that yeah. is true. Um, but they're talking about their past and apparently he proposed to her and she said no. And then he comments of like, yeah, I'm still a little mad because you left without any note or letting me know anything about what happened. And I was like, okay, so I'm not rooting for this relationship at all. And I don't like right. her, like just move on with the movie. And then they proceed to have them like rekindle their romance at the end. And I was like, okay, you, you lost me completely. <laughs> the The one little thing of like, oh, this is like the human connection you're supposed to like right. anchor yourself to, to get, you know, th- through all the bombastic action. I was like, well, it, it doesn't work. Well, and then there's the whole thing of she, she steals his tapes, uh, yeah. to sell, like make, make the report on them that her boss ends up stealing. Um, and then in order to make it up to him, she makes it very clear on the broadcast she makes from Madison Square Garden that she's like, so I guess your your research was right the whole time. And he's like, <laughs> I guess it was. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> it's like, what? Are these humans? <laughs> like everyone in the movie, except for maybe Jean Renault, is, is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone. I, I did kind of enjoy <clears throat> Jean Renault in this. Because, um, yeah, he, and also one of his French uh guys one of his buddies uh i recognized from a little movie called passport to paris starring mary kate and ashley olsen <laughs> where he he played a snooty french chef and they tried to get him to eat a hamburger and he literally says what is this mickey donald's <laughs> now i really <laughs> hope that that wasn't the only work he could get after 1998's godzilla this i don't know might have been before it might have been the same year. He might have been having a banner year. No, like when Jessica Ch- when Jessica Chastain came on the scene. How, but he was what's like, the double feature of that guy? My question. My question here is: Have the Olsen twins and Elizabeth Olsen been in the same? Uh, like no, this doesn't work because I was thinking the actor, like the Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I guess it would be connected by franchise because then, yeah, Elizabeth. I was curious if that guy was like the closest connection acting wise right. she had to her sisters, but. Well, I believe um, that she she probably made an appearance like a baby in one of their okay. like videos or something. But I th- there's also a part of that scene where he says he's trying to eat the hamburger with a fork and knife, and they go, no, 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 you eat it with your hands, hamburger. That's why it's called a hamburger, hands, hamburger. And I was like eight, going, that is not why that is called that, <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley. But it was Isn't it that a happy joke in the him. in the Pink Panther with uh, Steve Martin, <laughs> probably, or this movie. Um, <laughs> Also, the the, the 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 constant joke that Jean Renault wants coffee, but they don't do it right in New York, is weird. Yeah, I, I well, that's the weird thing. It's not just one off gags, right? Because a one off gag cannot work, but it's a one off. We just move past it. We move on. Not not all jokes are going to land in a comedy, but there are so many running gags. And it's like, oh, you have no jokes. You you have like five, and you just cycle through them over and over again. Right. That 
that Tatopolis joke, I was banging my head against the wall. <laughs> you were like, how do they not understand what he's saying? I'm like, Tatopolis is not a difficult name to say. Like, it's not even like, th- there's not a logic to it. Yeah. It made absolutely no sense to me. The one bit of joy I got out of this movie was was seeing Shia LaBeouf's dad from the Transformers movies just, like, yelling at people. Yeah. I was like, Kevin Dunn's a good actor, Ke- I guess. That's a <laughs> Kevin good- Dunn's a marvelous actor. That's Kevin Dunn good- is prolific and fantastic in everything. I'm I'm just so sad that most of the most of the stuff that all of the stuff that we've seen him in for the purposes of this podcast has just been like overblown action schlock. Yeah. Yeah. Um I wanna I wanna talk about the big triumphant ending before we actually talk about the other fake endings in the movie. Because when they finally kill Godzilla, oh, oh you want to talk about like like half a percent of the movie before we get to the other ninety seven percent that happened after it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I want to talk about the half percent that at the end of the movie, and then not talk about the rest of the ending, which is like a solid seventy percent of the movie. Um, <laughs> okay, I was breaking down my percentages wrong. Yes. I apologize. Uh, when they kill Godzilla, there's this big classic uh, disaster movie, action movie, whatever you want to call it, montage where everyone's like celebrating. And uh, first of all, Kevin Dunn tells the guy uh, that is on the ground for most of the movie, the military guy who's, who's driving some Jeeps around and he, yeah. who is the guy who took the taxi cab sign from Matthew Broderick so that he could call the military and tell them to use, or yeah, call the military and then call the right. taxi from the radio station. Is this station. the guy who also stutters randomly? In the yeah. Movie a lot? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he, Kevin Dunn is telling that guy like, man, that was a great job. That was a great job, man. And like, he's not the one who shot down Godzilla. <laughs> like there were planes that did that. And Matthew Broderick came up with the plan. <laughs> and like, that was a weird yeah. beat. And then, um, <laughs> The, the lady who is the second lady in this movie to call Matthew Broderick uh, hot. Right. Um, who is like the other, I guess, scientist lady or assistant lady. I don't know what. I feel bad yeah. for not remembering her name or the reporter lady's name, but I'm not saying that because I specifically don't remember theirs because I don't remember anybody's name in this movie except for Tatopoulos. <laughs> Could not have told yeah. you his first name without you guys mentioning it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they... She kisses some other guy who has been around and maybe i missed the setup for that joke thing but then she like no, regrets didn't. it afterwards yeah and we i don't know who he, that guy is ends, basically he was like the uh, when broderick gets to um i think when he meets them in a very tropical chernobyl um mm-hmm. he he meets her and then that guy is just another scientist there and then they yeah. proceed to not be in the movie <laughs> but yeah yeah, and I and I think he kind of seems nonplussed by the fact that she's calling Broderick cute, but never like jealous or glaring. Just kind of like, oh, here we go, women be shopping. <laughs> but but then, <laughs> but then uh, it's like, yeah, at the end, suddenly she kisses him, and now it's supposed to be like, did he have this? Was he holding a candle for Vicky Lewis the whole time? Like, what are we doing? Look, I, I'm not going to say that he was originally the main character of the movie and they sucked out his backstory to get this to around two hours, but... Hey, this is why you don't let Terrence Malick in, look at your dailies, okay? This or Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, What else happens in that sequence? There's uh, the, the Siskel and Ebert clones uh, break up. 
because yeah. the mayor is just like, we can use this to profit. Right. <laughs> and yeah, like, and then Sosa's like, I don't need you. And I was like... This, I, what yeah. co- what level of... What are you trying to say with this? Because it's not subtle, and I don't... Also, one thing that I noticed, a lot of Mayor Ebert's concerns during the movie were, like, completely valid concerns, considering right. it's New York City. Like, he was like, you're blowing up our buildings. What are you doing? We need an actual plan to take this thing out without destroying this entire economy. Yeah. Like, as a mayor leading a city, that is a perfectly valid argument. Like, yeah. I, I don't... Wh- why is he played as a joke? Yeah. I don't get it. One, and I don't know if that moment was, like, maybe Gene Siskel was slightly nicer to um, an Emmerich movie. And so Emmerich was like, I'll let you get, you, you, you'll come off okay, Gene. Uh, you'll so just weird. be his manservant. Yeah. I'm trying to oh, remember man. if there's any other random characters who show up at that. I mean, I know that Hank Azaria's wife does. Uh, right. That's my like, husband. Hey. Yeah. Because it's like a joke that she's let a ton of people stay at her, their apartment during yeah. the Godzilla attacks. Yeah. This this movie also is is oddly dedicated to not having casualties. None yeah. of our main, none of our heroes die. They um, they pull an X Men Apocalypse. They they don't. Yeah. They don't allow any deaths of either civilians or or most of our main our, our main players. There are a few a few of the French guys get killed by the baby Godzillas. Yeah. And a couple and like I'm, I'm sure that a lot of this is we're supposed to assume that people are dying when like the buildings are getting destroyed and everything. And I'm, but like Hank Azaria, I think Godzilla steps on him, but he's right in between his toes. Mm. Yep. So that doesn't happen. And then. I mean, I, th- I guess he, like, destroys some pilots. And, like, the, the, the submarines yeah. blow up because Godzilla tricks them. But, like, Jurassic Park is a movie that even though our heroes all live, there's constant, like, you're constantly reminded of this the threat that they're under. That, like, and, and we talked about how Lost World kills way too many people. It's too much of a bloodbath. But, like, Jurassic Park 1 balances it really beautifully. It's like, we're not going to make you, we're not going to kill the kids and you're not going to lose the protagonists. But... We are constantly reminding you in different, creative, interesting ways that this is a scary, dangerous situation by killing these other characters. And, and this movie, it's like, you don't need to remind me that this is bad because it's a giant monster destroying things mm-hmm. only sometimes because he just frequently disappears. <laughs> but you you do need to set me some... I need to know that there are stakes. Like, I need to know that you're willing to kill humans in this movie. <laughs> Well, that goes back into the tone problems. I mean, is is this supposed to be a goofball comedy or is it supposed to be an end of the world disaster movie? The, yeah. the movie the movie wants it both ways. Like, I, I don't think you can have a movie that's like this dark and dreary with the color palette and it's just always raining and there's so much destruction mm-hmm. and have it be a goofball comedy. I don't think that works. Um, yeah. And it's One like of the movies that I assume Emmerich and Bay have made have succeeded in this. Like, I imagine Independence Day has its jokes but also kind of i imagine independence day manages that a little bit better yeah Yeah. and some michael bay's 90s work like the rock or something some of those movies can can handle that a little bit better because you eventually realize like oh i'm just i'm here for a movie this is a party there's jokes there's thrills there's sadness there's love there's just everything it's just a big old explosion of a movie Mm -hmm. right but there's a way to do that where you understand that it's just a whole melange of experiences and well, we don't know what to do, so we can't land on it. 
Well, I, I feel like they, they, at least with Independence Day, from what I remember, I feel like they properly, at least tone-wise, whenever the aliens were attacking or something bad was happening, when they are blowing everything up towards the beginning of the movie, it's treated seriously. Right. Whereas with this, there are so many sequences where Godzilla is just kind of running around and destruction's happening and people just have like goofy one-liners and it, like like everyone's just trying to do shtick. And I, I, I didn't understand what was happening. There's a be, couple of I, guys. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to. Yeah, go ahead. Bolster that point. There's there's one point where a couple of guys are, are looting a store and mm. they walk out and one of the guys is like, hey, do you do you know how sometimes I have that feeling that something bad's going to happen and then something bad happens? And the other guy's like, yeah. And he's like, I think I got that feeling again. And then Godzilla just runs by. He doesn't kill them. <laughs> he just run, they're just like oh That's no true. it's Godzilla and then he just runs by we don't see him again as far as I remember That's a good point I'd forgotten that because you <laughs> any any other movie would have him then get stomped on or eaten or something yeah. but no he's like something bad's gonna happen we're gonna completely survive and get to keep the stuff we took Yeah or would have them show up again and something silly Sure like, sure 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 Ugh it's so weird I would be curious to go back to Independence Day now Having seen this, because I do wonder how much of that is just like they got the two right people for the leads and it's just well, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum carrying that movie and everything else is about the same level as this. Well, I'm curious if that's the case or not. I think and, and I have not seen the. I've probably seen the movie itself several times, just never in like a full sitting um, <laughs> because it's on TV all the time. Uh I I was thinking about that as while watching this movie, and, and this we should probably lead into a conversation about the structure of this movie, uh, because we hit a point about I think it's like an hour fifteen minutes into this, where they the military thinks they've killed Godzilla, and Godzilla is like floating down into the New York Harbor, um, and the after the submarine explosions and everything, and everyone's kind of all the military guys are kind of celebrating like yeah we did it good job. And I really wanted the movie to just end there. And then I looked at how, at what the time was and there was still an hour left. Yeah. Um, because yeah. then we jump back over and we see Matthew Broderick and John Renault and everyone like doing, uh, d- dealing with the baby Godzillas. And that goes on forever because the movie feels the need to do this, like Velociraptor aliens thing. Um, and also, like the Brady's in Hawaii where they have them slipping on gumballs. Yes. It's so strange. (laughs) It's so like, it cannot decide what it wants to, to feel like. Um, yeah. But then after all that's done and they blow up Madison square garden, then Godzilla just shows up from Madison square garden. Um, which is, it's, it's three different sequences. That's the submarine thing, the, the, the baby Godzilla stuff. And then the final, Godzilla takedown on the bridge. It's three different sequences that should be lined up in a way that you can a they're edited way down so they don't take nearly as long, and b they should line up in a way that is like exciting because they're happening at the same time, and and you can go back and forth and and there's there's tension because some you know maybe Godzilla's going after something else on the outside while while everyone's stuck inside with the baby Godzillas and so. We're worried about that, like, oh, Godzilla's trying to, you know, get into the mainland U.S., and then who knows where he's going to go. I don't know, something like that. Um, But it literally feels like three third acts, back to back to back, um, from three pretty different movies. (laughs) 
Uh, and this is literally just about half the movie. Um, it's insane. I don't, I've never seen anything quite like it. Whereas Independence Day, uh, thinking about the finale of that, first of all, you do get the speech, the epic speech from the president. That's like third act time, guys, this is it yep. <laughs> structure. We're, we're here. I don't remember the first two acts. Maybe it's not, maybe there is also some, no, it's like a, that. it's a fairly, you know, well-structured Hollywood, big, yeah. dumb action movie. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and you get you get the big speech. It's like we're gonna we're taking back our independence. Okay, great, got it, epic. We're gonna we're gonna take down the aliens. This is it. We've entered the end game. Uh, and then you have the sequence with uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum in the uh, alien. I guess it's like the mothership. It's been a while since I've seen it. But when they're they're trying to hack the hack them, and they're trying to like put the virus in or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and it seems like they're not going to get back. It seems like, oh, oh no, that, you know, they've, they've kind of completed their mission, but they're never going to be able to like return. Um, and then you also have, uh, what's his face blowing up the, 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 the alien ship on earth doing the hello boys. I'm back. Uh, yeah. which, which is funny, but also like touching, like, it's like, oh, that's kind of, right. you know, this is actually a really fun triumphant moment for this character, uh, who's yep. been ridiculed on movie. And that's lined up in a way that's a satisfying third act with character payoffs and <laughs> things happen that make you feel something. It's probably not like the best movie ever. I, again, I, it's been too long for me to see it since I've seen it for me to really give a, a strong opinion on it. But there is thought put into making that a big, uh, you know, action packed finale. Uh, whereas this is, okay, we need a two and a half an hour movie because it's Godzilla. It's going to be big and it's got to be lots of explosions. So we're just going to keep going. <sighs> I, I noticed too, there's something that kind of frustrated me with the, okay. We, 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 during the baby Godzilla mall stadium sequence, they constantly get by the baby Godzilla's, Simply because the baby Godzillas just decide not to attack them. There's a part where they they they're just like dodging around them, but they get to this like atrium, I guess, and the they're on top of the staircase, <laughs> and the bottom is just flooded with baby Godzillas. There's tons of them. They're like, I don't know how we're gonna do this. And Jean Renault's like, Don't worry, this is a video game. And he shoots the <laughs> like one of the chandeliers down and it crashes, and that makes all the Godzillas jump back. So they can, so, and apparently they just don't come near it. So then he gets to the first one, he shoots down the second one, and they make their way across that way. But it was literally like in a video game where they went, okay, if you have a torch, like, mm -hmm. light the torch, and then the spiders will move away, and yeah, you can we go got, through the, the level. We got a little Lego Indiana Jones 2 action going on here. <laughs> Honestly, it was, but it, it, it made, it wasn't a matter of like, oh, they're, you know, if we shoot the thing... I don't know. Or if we light this thing, they'll be blinded so they can't see us. Well, we can skip. It's really just, we shoot a chandelier down and then that'll clear the Godzilla babies out, but they just kind of back up and then the heroes run by them and they're just kind of like, Oh, broken glass. I don't, I'm not getting over there. Are you kidding me? Come on. They're, they're, we're not insured. They're pretty dinky chandeliers too. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're almost not chandeliers. They're kind of just like light fixtures. Yes, uh, yes, they're not as big as the baby Godzillas, as opposed to if if there was this big grand chandelier 
And they drop it, and the shot, maybe it's got lights, and so it catches on fire when it lands, Phantom of the Opera yeah. style or something. And it's like, and then they, I would have they loved if dodge through the wreckage. I need someone on the internet to make to re-edit Phantom of the Opera, where it's exactly the same, but when he drops the chandelier, there's one baby Godzilla at that fancy party who's like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) So, like, in the crowd, when they're all like, oh, my goodness, oh, Jean-Luc, there's one baby Godzilla, like, with a little, like, masquerade mask who's just appalled. (laughs) I'm getting out of here. Yeah, the baby Godzillas are not aggressive (laughs) in in much of the the film. And, And I... Again, I understand visual effects limited, of course. There's something more, almost more frightening about a human-sized monster because Godzilla, it's like, oh, he's just destroying things rampantly. But if we kind of get out of his area of effect, he's not going to target me. But that that one, that can see me and chase me and fit through the door. And that can like, that was just, that was why the Velociraptors are scarier in Jurassic Park is because they're, well, also they're smart and they can reason and open doors. But it's that is a scarier thing than like how do i get away from this giant beast i don't know it's different but uh that whole section is just weird but then when godzilla does arrive out of madison square garden somehow one of godzilla's babies is on the ground dead and then like a baby ewok godzilla has to like nudge it (laughs) or a dead ewok not a baby ewok and it's this moment of like are we supposed to be sad like godzilla now has feelings Mm-hmm. And is not just a rampant chaos machine. I don't know. Also, what did you guys think about Godzilla being? They never just outright say Godzilla's female because they're they, even then they were afraid of the internet. <laughs> even then they knew, like, if we do this, we're going to ruin a lot of childhoods in about fifteen years. So we can't. But it's, I it doesn't bother me that. If they change Godzilla's gender, Godzilla doesn't need a gender to be Godzilla. But clearly it was just a way to engineer a raptor sequence. But like, I don't know, did you guys have thoughts about the fact that Godzilla was reproducing asexually? I I almost read it as them jumping on the twist in Jurassic Park where it's like, oh, some some of the dinosaurs can switch their genders. Sure. They they switch their on a, on a DNA level. They're able to sw- you know switch yeah. their chromosomes or whatever. That's what I read it as, um, and also an excuse to have smaller dinosaurs because I don't know. Does Roland Emmerich did he get bored of Godzilla halfway through making the movie? Like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> did did he think oh, there's only so many things we can do with this character, but we I have to make a two and a half hour movie, so I need some like. Again, the other movies have Godzilla eventually fight other monsters, so it becomes you get something else for him to yeah. do. But. Uh, you've also just put the very funny idea into my head of uh, them coming out with a new Godzilla movie, being like, "This time Godzilla's played by Kristen Wiig," and nothing they don't they don't change anything. It's not like they they right. just make Godzilla normally; like it's it's entirely in spirit. But the internet gets angry anyway. It'll be great. Yes. Yeah, that's very accurate. Yeah, it's just such a weird, like... I, I don't mind that they did it. It's more that it bothers me that they would go, uh, he reproduces asexually, not female. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, just... If you're gonna do it, just do it. It's all fine, man. Whatever. Like, I, I... The movie was already, like, 
going in such its own way and and like i could already tell like this is not the godzilla the most people are are fans of or you know it's roland emmerich doing his own thing just do it just go for it Mm -hmm. yep like if you're not going to care about about the opinions of others then don't care about the opinions of others and just do it yeah speaking of this uh they when they changed the design it seems as if part of what they're trying to do is make it easier for Godzilla to hide in New York, because that's a mm. big thing about this is that he's, oh, he can now sneak around skyscrapers, which is just really bizarre to watch. Especially there are so many scenes where he is running by and there's no sound like right. that mm. bit where, where Audrey is talking with her boss and he's on the phone and she's like, there's a Godzilla outside, and he runs by, and of course he moves out of frame right as the boss turns around. I'm like, yeah. he would have heard it. He would yeah. have heard it. Complete yeah. nonsense. Yep. This movie is so bad. Remember Godzilla's how... just slim enough to fit in a, in a, in a down in New York City street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember how in uh, Jurassic Park they made one of the most iconic scenes in film history when uh, the T-Rex mm-hmm. is stomping towards them and they can't see it, but they feel the water shaking. Anyway. Um, yep. <laughs> the, the Yeah, it, it's such a strange concept because I feel like you just, you just, you fly a plane overhead, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's, maybe, it's... maybe in circles, get, get yourself a blimp up there. Get, get the Godzilla blimp, <laughs> uh, the Godzilla headquarters blimp. And they're the, looking the God down. Zeppelin, please. The God Zeppelin. Well, I thought they almost had set up like a perfect out for them to get away with hiding Godzilla. With the storm, with the weather, with it always mm-hmm. raining, if they had said, like, it's almost, it's like a tropical storm or like a typhoon or something, then then they could get away with, well, we can't send our, our news helicopters or the military yeah. helicopters. They can't fly right now. Right. So, so he's able, once all the New Yorkers evacuate the city, he's able to just roam as he pleases. I thought they were going to do that, and then they just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> And also, he's. There are times where they don't know where he is, and it's broad daylight. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's also yeah. not a well, thing they not, thought about. Not this. Not to risk spoiling obscene in King of the Monsters, but that movie seems to have a much clearer idea of what. Again, not how it would actually happen because I don't like that argument about movies because movies aren't real. Mm-hmm. But within the world of that movie what happens when a certain type of kaiju is close enough to the ground and how that affects the ground and, and what happens to the buildings nearby and that heightens everything. <laughs> Whereas opposed to this, we're just like supposed to constantly ignore that Godzilla can just sneak around things and climb up the Chrysler building and jump off of it. And there's so little damage done. And, and again, I understand effects and stuff. But also the newer movies do a nice job of like whenever Godzilla needs to escape, he just goes back into the ocean. Yeah. It's like we just have him attack coastal towns and then he leaves. Which and it's like, okay, well, he's in the ocean now. <laughs> which would be fine if mm-hmm. if they're just like, we can't find him underwater. Yeah. Uh, we don't know where he's gone. He's so fast, he just swam he swam away. Oh no, he's back. Oh, he's rampaging <laughs> yep. Oh no, he's gone again. Like, you could do something like that without uh. too much difficulty. Yep. It would have been great. You mentioned Godzilla just roaming around in abandoned New York. It would have been awesome if you had like this montage of Godzilla walking and there's like all the neon signs and he's like, wow, <laughs> NYC. And he's like 
looking at all the marquees and he's got like a big I love New York hat. <laughs> and he's like, um, hey, hey, New York, can you can can you get Letterman back? I really want to go to a Letterman taping. That would be awesome. You you can, whoever's the guest is fine. I really just want to see Dave. Godzilla discovers the magic of shopping malls and just like <laughs> flock of seagulls plays while he's just <laughs> roaming around an empty mall. He walks up to like um the the whatever theater has the Lion King playing. He's like, Ugh, no one in town. I still gotta wait for a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> still sold out. I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah, I, and he just looks at like, cats and just walks away. <laughs> And there's a lot of cream cheese, you know, New York stuff. Um, I also do like that this movie has an entire, and I do mean entire because it's essentially a movie, length car chase involving a taxi escaping Godzilla. And I really was hoping Mm -hmm. at the end there was going to be some kind of line about like, and that's why you don't mess with a New York cab. Yeah. But they don't. (laughs) Well, this this is the thing is that, how much better would that be if, if there was just a random dude, like there's one, t- if you're trying to, to make this a little more silly while also giving you some tension, uh, what, what if they, ju- what if they just somehow hail the taxi? I feel like that would be more entertaining. If there's just this random guy who's driving them around and it's, he's played by like, a get, get Jeff Goldblum in here. You got connections. <laughs> uh and then oh, he's so, just so like you're, you're, you're all from well, out of town like, or, uh, oh, oh what is that oh 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 my oh that's very uh very frightening oh, don't want to get there oh ooh, your your shirt is that by cuna oh my goodness well i i think in in a movie like this or or you know similar to this that that reminds me of die hard where you have the character of argyle who's who's bruce willis's driver mm-hmm. to get there and then he's kind of just stuck in the basement, just chilling in his limo for the whole movie. Yeah. You need that kind of character in this. But instead, they turn everyone into that character because yeah. everyone's a a, a, a a comedian, apparently. Yeah. And they're all arguing about directions because, you know, New Yorkers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. And that's but that's my point is that they don't do anything with the fact that, yes, it's a taxi. There's not a point where they say. You, you defeated Godzilla with a New York taxi because, you know, he gives yeah. him the sign and everything. You could do something with that. <laughs> but they yeah. don't. There There's nothing about it other than it is a taxi. And at that point, make it a sillier vehicle. Do something right. so that it's not I, just I, like, oh, they're, they're driving around a taxi, I guess. that's. I appreciate when I can watch a movie that doesn't go for the obvious joke and finds a new angle on something. But this movie, it skips the obvious jokes for things that aren't really jokes. Yeah. And then they won't let go of them. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, what if the mayor was this one film critic I don't like? And what if no one got his easy-to-understand name and wanted coffee? <laughs> what? Uh, it just, it's, it's just What so if much. we, guys, what if we made a movie where we ruined a beloved character and every other character in the movie is an idiot? I think we've got big money on our hands. Billion dollars opening weekend. If you guys had to ruin one character in, in a movie like this, what would you choose? You can't choose Tom and Jerry. <laughs> uh, uh, Yogi Bear? They ruined him, right? <laughs> Been done, man. Gotta be a new one. The Country Bears? <laughs> Christopher Watkins in that, maybe? Just bear base. Smokey the Bear. Alex wants to ruin Smokey the Bear. This very yep. bear-based. I'm going to do my gritty, dark, Smokey the Bear. 
Only you can prevent the forest fires, and I'll give you all the clues. But if you don't stop me before <laughs> dawn, I'll burn down this oh, whole no. forest. We, no, you we know went... what it's going to be? Smokey the Bear is going to have, like, this, this... He's going to have PTSD because he used to be, like, a chain <laughs> smoker. He's the one that caused this huge forest fire. Yeah. <laughs> Smokey <laughs> the Bear was at the Chicago wildfire, and that's why he's so... <laughs> He's I, like, I just, one cow, man, one cow. <laughs> I don't know how, I just got to keep eating this deep dish pizza or whatever. They do. <laughs> we, we're, yeah, we got to go for like, we're, we're hitting, I, I want it to be, you know, he's, he's this old grizzled park ranger, but he's got this dark past, you know, mm-hmm. like, like he's, he's the one who caused, he's trying to atone. It's it's very, it's no country for old bears is what I'm, what I'm getting at here. <laughs> but also... Say- Ahead, but also he's got some like you know he he's he's like blocked out a lot of these horrible things he's done so we, we've got like a memento thing going on as well um there's some <laughs> real like amnesia like psychology yeah. psychological you know thriller kind of stuff going on i was gonna say grizz torino <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe franchise maybe that's the yogi origin story where yogi's all grizzled but boo-boo's like <laughs> Hey, I live next door and would love to hang out with you. <laughs> how do we, uh, how do we work Get this? off my tree. Who, who, who else, <laughs> who else, uh, and I, as I, as I ask who else, I realize the obvious answer is Winnie the Pooh. Uh, can we put into the, uh, the old, the, 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 I don't even know what to call this. Something bare cinematic universe. I don't know okay, what. But if real quick, if it's no country for all bears, Winnie the Pooh is a hundred percent Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> well, I dreamed I was floating up and disguising myself as a rain cloud. And well, what what happened? Piglet's like, what happened, Pooh? Then I woke okay. up. He's into the movie. <laughs> he's that, or he's a uh... oh, crap Javier Bardem. Um, you mean half a lump of Bardem? Because <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking Javier Bardem would be uh, the bear from The Revenant. <laughs> also possible. I don't know if that's the angle we're going for here. <laughs> but I was going to say he's Javier Bardem because then instead of... It doesn't, he drinks the milk, but it's the honey. Oh, yeah. He's got that's the true. honey chart. <laughs> you have to understand what... I have to know what I stand to lose. Everything. Call it. But I also like the idea of like, well, Pooh Bear didn't... What happened with all those heffalumps? I mean... Certainly made an impression on me. <laughs> I also think that the Care Bears are in it. <laughs> can I? Can I like? I, I need to to uh, reverse engineer an acronym for this because I, I want to figure out like what. I, I feel like the the name of this is like the the uh, bears intended for children's entertainment uh, turned into grizzly old men cinematic universe but like i want to i want to create like a backronym out of that and i don't know what that would be i'm gonna have yeah. to put a pin in this and then i will i will bring my my uh that'll be my homework and i'll let you guys know <laughs> what i've decided next week can uh can goldilocks be the uh, nick fury of this universe who's <laughs> trying to bring all the bears together <laughs> and that the and once at the end of the first like bear avengers movie she goes that was just right <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Jesus like when they're about to go into battle. They're like, "You think we don't have the whole team?" And then the it's like the Care Bears and we the Pooh and everybody. And then like, I I don't know who's another bear. 
the Bearstein Bears. <laughs> the Bearstein Bears. Teddy Teddy Ruxpin like air airdrops in, and Teddy Ruxpin uh, shows up and like pushes his button, and he like records something, and Lilac goes, "Huh," and that's just right. <laughs> and it is Charlize Theron. <laughs> the Bearstein Bears are uh, are the X Men of the, the cinematic universe. I will. I think the Care Bears are the X-Men and the Bearstain Bears are the Russian family from Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Can Clifford the Big Red Dog be in this? Or is that a separate thing? Do they not have mm. the rights to him yet? Is that is that the, the, is that the <laughs> power building? <laughs> but then they do eventually. And so then we were like, hey, guys, I think I saw Clifford in this. Well, Evan Peters was in it and he played Clifford in the Fox movies. So I assume that means they're bringing Clifford in. <laughs> like the idea of multiple gritty reboots of Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> it's like Spider-Man. Within, like, within like a 10-year span. <laughs> Hollywood, I'm just saying, we're not selling these ideas. They're all for free. That's true. <laughs> but we do want credit. We do want, yeah. we want our names to be. Well, just put our names in the credits. It doesn't even have, like, it can be after all of them, like, all the com- like, it can fade to black at the very end of the credits and then flash our names for, like, half a second. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did you guys on this note? Did you guys see the the extended background cameo that Barney the dinosaur has in this movie? I think it's no. during that scene where uh uh Nancy Cartwright, the other another Simpsons. Well, yeah, when Nancy Cartwright's talking to Harry Shearer, the other Simpsons people, they're talking, and she's trying to get him to look at Godzilla, and like playing on a TV in the background is Barney, and it just like you just see it for a good while. <laughs> I was like, okay, but Maybe. now what if Barney was also here? <laughs> and in the trailer, it's like, I love <laughs> And it's like creeping up the stairs or something. <laughs> Barney is the uh, is the, the main villain of yeah. uh, Bear Avengers' <laughs> Rage of <Yeah>. Barney. <laughs> Um, Bebop is the Nebula, and I guess BJ is the uh, the um, Ronan the Accuser. And so when he fails, Barney. Oh, goes, so we're saying <laughs> we're saying Barney is is Thanos. That's Barney is Thanos. I was like, okay. I guess I'll do it okay. myself. And then <laughs> <laughs> the best part is the opposite, where the the inverse of this, where Thanos is going to a farm today <laughs> to teach us about what it's like over there. Sometimes the most stubborn of cows require them. <laughs> I don't know. Something about milking a cow. Or we could have Barney being dark side. And at the very end, when they've they've cut off one of the bear's heads or whatever, he, he goes, we'll do this the old fashioned way. Or whatever dark side says when he's strolling past his army. And then he gets on like a tricycle. <laughs> Okay, but now I really want the, the, the I really want the tricycle cut of, of Zack Snyder's Justice League where Dark Side is like, we use the old no. ways, and then he just no, I want it to be no, I want it to be the exact same movie. It's just at the very end, instead of the giant bat tank from Dark Knight Returns, it's Ben Affleck Batman standing on top of a tricycle. <laughs> Ring, ring. <laughs> which is something we did not point out uh, in our review that uh, at the end of the movie there's just a random shot of ben affleck standing on like the dark knight returns uh bat tank and it's insane it and, makes no sense um and apparently there's a few of the mutants from that comic that are tied up like right behind it but the the way it's shot you can you hmm. can't tell unless you like freeze frame and zoom sure. in 
Um, which, to that point, I would like to see Batfleck face off against this Godzilla in the Bat Tank. Uh, and that's my review of Godzilla 1998. Will Godzilla, yeah. do you bleed? Godzilla gets bitten by King Ghidorah, and he's like, oh, d- definitely bleeding, <laughs> definitely bleeding. <laughs> Comedy. I think my last note that I'll have for this before we get into grades is that Toho, apparently in one of their later films, they brought out this Godzilla and the real Godzilla kills him almost immediately. Yes. Um, that in like Godzilla Final Wars, it's like a 45 second fight. It's kind of like the in Jurassic World um, when the T-Rex smashes through the Spinosaurus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that, but they really, really lean into it. Yeah, one of my favorite Godzilla moments, um, real quick, is in I believe it's called Godzilla Two Thousand, where he fights this big alien thing named Ogre, and Ogre like just bites Godzilla his head, and it's like Godzilla is like fully in Ogre, like down to like past his shoulders, and I guess Ogre's like trying to swallow him or something, and then Godzilla's spines light up and he blows Ogre up from inside by this using his radioactive breath, and it's awesome, and I love him. Um. Yeah, so grades. I can't imagine what you guys are doing, but what are you giving the movie? I was considering F minus, but I'll just go with F. Same. It's it's not. Well, sorry. Give yours first, Britain, and then we'll. I I think I'm gonna go F as well. I was really gonna try to make it a D minus because like I just mm-hmm. did an F for Man of Steel, and I didn't want to do too many of those. But I was like, I. The only like thing I feel like this movie does genuinely well is some puppet effects. And that's just yeah. not enough. Like, if this were a badly done movie, but with all all done with puppetry or something, or if it was a lot more practical effects, and I was like, well, you know, it just doesn't work, but I really loved looking at it, which there are plenty of movies like that from the 80s, then I that would be one thing. But it's it's a bad movie that occasionally does some good puppets. Like, that's it. <laughs> so yeah. I got to go F. Yeah, it, it's just like, and I agree on the D thing where it's like, it's almost like boring enough to not offend me <laughs> sure to, to be enough sure. but like yeah uh, no and i will say even, even as the big godzilla fan that i am he doesn't like this movie doesn't bother me in terms of like you ruined godzilla because it's like they didn't change him inherently i mean they did but not not in a way that feels completely antithetical because by this point and just in godzilla's own canon it's not like he was still this thoughtful allegory so it's okay that they just made a dumb destruction movie because that's what Godzilla is supposed to do it's just they made it so poorly it's almost better that he doesn't look anything like Godzilla sure oh (laughs) Uh, in a lot of ways uh and the fact that there's not really any connection or bearing with the the original stuff that I think right it doesn't even feel like the same franchise um, right. And I'm just going off of the 2014 ones. Not even, I haven't even really seen any of the classics. However, I did just pull up the uh, Godzilla versus uh, American Godzilla fight uh, on my phone, and it's 45 seconds long. And you failed to mention, Britain, that he kills him using the Sydney Opera House. Uh, uh, I, so I haven't actually seen the movie, I've just heard about it. I have just pulled this up on YouTube. I just searched oh, Godzilla vs. Wow. Godzilla because I felt like I, I had to see it. And uh, yeah, go go watch that and don't watch this movie instead. Um, <laughs> infinitely oh more worth your time. Is that your recommendation this week, Tyler? Just I think it is because I did not have a recommendation, <laughs> but that will be it. Let's go look at that clip. <laughs> 
Alex, you okay, bud? You looking off into the distance? I, I'm just thinking like four hours of the Snyder cut like went by so quickly in this <laughs> movie. Like, yeah, you watched it in pieces, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I had to watch it in three separate chunks. I could not get through this thing. It's really talking Ben Affleck. It's really interesting. I wonder what he would think if he knew that his film The Way Back was being used as rice in an Asian uh, meal, where it's like, okay, I'm gonna watch Godzilla quick palate cleanse with some of the way back and just kind of ready myself <laughs> for the next course back to Godzilla. Nope. Got to go back to the way back and just kind of really prepare that <laughs> <laughs> it's just used to sort of reset your, your, your mouth. Look, every time I watched Godzilla, it would send me far, far away. So I needed to find my way back. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this also, this is also the case for many bad movies. Yeah. They, they send you far away mentally and you have to come back with the way back. Starting at this, at this point, the way back is a prescription. <laughs> is, I believe it is essentially homeopathy. Um, which yeah, is I'm going to sign you uh, 20 viewings of the way back. Come back and I can uh, get you some more. <laughs> five Hail Marys, 20 way backs. <laughs> and 10 Our Fathers. Um, Alex, do you have a recommendation? Um... Go ahead with yours. I'll have to think about it because yeah. this movie is like completely taken over my brain and I can't sure. even remember what I've watched. Yeah, I didn't get I've, I've been doing like TV shows and stuff. Uh, quick note, I finished the Watchmen miniseries. It's extraordinary. Go watch it. Um, really, really stunning. I my recommendation is the I think the one movie I watched this week, um, which is called One Night in Miami. Uh, it is, of, of course, the you know Oscar-nominated picture directed by the great Regina King, talking of Watchmen. And it is really neat. It's based on a play by Kemp Powers, who's having a great year with Soul as well. Um, and it's a, it's a fictionalized account of a night where Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke all were at the same hotel, and they were all friends, and it's just about them. Uh, uh, spending the night and talking to each other and, and debating different issues and talking about their careers and their lives and their opinions. And it's very clearly based on a play and that is very talky, but in a good way. The dialogue is really, really strong. Uh, I definitely think I like the second half more. Not because the first half isn't good, but just the second half really kicks into gear and they get into some stuff. I just found it really interesting hearing these figures talk about a lot of different issues. Um, and after a while, it, it started to feel kind of like the two popes where, oh, I'm hmm. really interested in hearing these these individual figures talk about these specific issues. But I'm also just enjoying these actors bounce off of each other. Um, you have Kingsley Benadir from Noel <laughs> as Malcolm X, and he's fantastic in it. Eli Gorey, uh, who's on an episode of Glow, he's Cassius Clay, and he's also brilliant. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr., Aaron Burr from mm-hmm. Hamilton, Oscar nominated for playing Sam Cooke. Uh, who who gets to sing a lot, and so that's always good news. And the great Aldous Hodge, who I always enjoy as Jim Brown, in this really graceful, elegant performance. Um, I, I just found the whole thing really involving. And like Lance Reddick is in a supporting role, so it's good to see him. Lawrence Gilliard Jr., who I always like, uh, Bo Bridges, and it it was just like a really interesting character piece based around watching four actors who are really good at what they do do it really well and it so if it, yeah the antidote to this movie where you had talented actors given bad material and couldn't do anything with it one night in miami will give you lots of good actors with very good material it's genuinely funny and i really love that the movie's take on malcolm x is that he's like the square 
who just wants to show off his new camera and is bad at hosting a party. Like, I just found that a really interesting, amusing way to kind of, an angle to approach Malcolm X from without removing any of his his gravitas. Uh, it's streaming on for free on Amazon Prime, and I really liked it. One night in Miami. No Zillas here, says the tagline. <laughs> um, I did actually have something to recommend this week. Uh, friend of the podcast, Cecilia, and I started watching The Wire. <laughs> oh, wow. Stalking of Lance Reddick. Yep. And shocker, not a shocker. Uh, it's quite good. So and get on that. that. Yeah, I, I watched a good bit of the first season. I was like, this is too real for me. Like, this feels so real and so, yeah. like, actual, which is the point and the strength of it. But I was like, I need to take a break. How's, uh, how's, how you, how you like seeing baby Michael B. Jordan, huh? It, it's interesting because he actually gets stuff to do. I thought, mm-hmm. based on the little that I knew about the show, I thought he, maybe he had a cameo in an episode or two. Or not a cameo, because sure, obviously sure. he wasn't famous then, but, like, a very small supporting role. And then he would be gone. No, he is a a supporting player in in the first season, at least. I don't I don't know beyond that. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's it's quite good. Uh, Idris Elba is very intimidating, and I don't know. It, it's all it's all oh, really that cast neat. is just stacked. Clark Peters, Andre Royo. I mean, everybody in it's great. Um, heads up, it's the second season will throw you for a loop at first. <laughs> uh, just heads up, it by the end of the show, it is a portrait of Baltimore and all these different sure. parts of it. So it's not just like the adventures of Stringer Bell. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So just, just heads up. If season two loses you at first, stick with it. From what I hear, my mom uh, is a big fan of that show and has, has talked about it. So I'll put it to you this way. I got through all, however many seasons there were of heroes. Mm, <laughs> um, there you go. With no problems. So <laughs> I also my, 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 my tolerance for TV shows is very weird. <laughs> I used to watch a lot more TV than I do now. I would not get through all of Heroes right now. <laughs> I'd like so. to watch Heroes. I've never, I've never seen it, and I understand I, there's two very good seasons of it. I, I think you should try to find a uh, a YouTube. I, I think you should watch the first season and then try to mm-hmm. find like a YouTube cut or like a maybe like a a, a sketchy zip file somewhere online that just <laughs> has uh, everything with Zachary Quinto, and that's gotcha. That's yep. all you need. Duly noted. Yeah, I do like him. So, duly noted. And then don't touch the spinoff, whatever oh, that they did years oh, later. Yeah. Reborn, I think. Heroes Reborn. Didn't we try watching that, Tyler? We got through like an episode and then we just did stopped we? watching it. I didn't I, know that I the genuinely, show got an now, that, now that you say that, I'm sort of remembering it, but I could not have. T- I thought I had not. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we got through an episode and then it was just like. Oh yeah, isn't Heroes Reborn on this week? And eh, whatever, I we'll think get back right. to it I or something. Right whatever. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's it it's one of those things that was ruined by the writer's strike. And you you can tell when you hit that second season, there's many different plot threads that just go nowhere. Yeah. Well, duly noted. Um <laughs> So so next week, so, so just to give people kind of a, the overview of how we're doing this franchise, next week we're going to do the 2005 King Kong. We're going in chronological order, and then when we've caught up with the new Godzilla versus Kong, we're going to go back and check out some of the originals. Um, so we're not going to do the, like, 1976, I think, King Kong. Mm-hmm. We're right. not going to do all the various Godzilla versuses, like I mentioned, um, but we're going to hit P1, 
Peter Jackson, King Kong, the current slate of Godzilla and Kong movies, and back to the originals. Um, it, it'll be an interesting time. I think I, I think it's going to be really fun. Now that this one's out of the way, I'm looking forward to all of these movies in, yeah. to, to one degree or another. I haven't seen the 2005 King Kong in like years. Uh, so I'm excited to to see that one again. And that is a three-hour movie. So we mm-hmm. will see how <laughs> we're, we're getting all our long ones out <laughs> right in a row. Uh, but I'm excited. Jack Black, Naomi Watts, other ones in it. Um, <laughs> Adrian Kong, Brody. This Adrian is Brody. Th- this is him making up for uh, getting cut out of Thin Red Line. Now he <laughs> is indeed the main character. Yep. It's like, I'm sorry I just kissed Halle Berry like that at the Oscars. I'm going to hang out with a big ape. Is that okay? <laughs> um, ugh, so that one will be, I think that'll be an interesting and fun time. Uh, but until next week, guys, I'm from New York and I'm Britain. <laughs> I've been Alex. Tyler, have you signed us off yet? No, we haven't. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got so excited. About I've been apes. Tyler, and you can find us on herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. I think instead of iTunes, it's now like Apple Music is what you call it. But you know what? Same, Apple Podcasts, something like that, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're out there. Uh, we, we're, we're out there, and you're having a good night. <laughs>